This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From our global studios in the Netherlands, there was a time when marketing was amazing and now two men are bringing marketing back i i don't think marketing really went anywhere man (laughs) (laughs) it did it was gone and now it's back we're bringing it back have brought marketing back to the forefront and now it's better than ever. Andro Sturgeon and Justin Womack coming to you live on Marketing Geeks. Here we go. It's that time again, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Marketing Geeks Radio Hour with your hosts, Andro Sturgeon and Justin Womack. We have Rock a great show for you today, everybody. Sex Robot Report. We've got the latest in digital tech, the latest news in what's happening out there in the internets. It's the marketing geeks. And so much more. And so much more. All right. (laughs) Marketing geeks. That's right. We're here, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the Marketing Geeks Radio Hour. I just want to give a really quick shout out to one of our seven listeners who reached out to both of us, uh, Eleanor Mason. Uh, Thank you. She's so sweet. She reached out to us on LinkedIn and said she listens to the show and uh, she's uh, she has a small business and uh, I invited her to ask any question that she wants and uh, she, she didn't ask one. So either... She just realized, I don't know, maybe she stopped listening in the middle of the conversation. So <laughs> Probably. That's, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what my ex-wife used to do. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously. And six, one, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, Hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, uh, welcome everybody to the Marketing Geeks Radio Hour. We've got a great show for you. We're going to go over um, uh, some wonderful geek news. We're going to go over some interesting things that... Uh, we have found going on. What do you got for us, buddy? Uh, I have a report 
on millennials that we're going to get into and how you can market better to millennials as a company in the 21st century. Um, and then let's talk, I mean, are we talking geek news here first or where are we, where are we kicking off at? Let's 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 kick off with some geek news update, man. I mean, since well, since we're at it, so so those of you who are not in, you just want to get to the marketing stuff. You're gonna well, have sometimes, to bear sometimes. with us. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go, geek news. What do we got? Well, first of all, let's let's start off with our geek news with um, uh, a tribute, my little homage, my tribute, yeah, to the uh, legendary, iconic Burt Reynolds who just passed away. Now, now, first of all, I am definitely know that I'm older than most people because when I mentioned Burt Reynolds, I, I, most people just kind of give me a blank stare, but, uh, <laughs> Burt Reynolds was the biggest, biggest box office star of all time, uh, at one point. And, uh, like you, you know, you take, you take your, you know, your Chris Pine, you take your, you know, cucumber Hasselback Hufflepuff, put them together you know, Dr. Strange, or as my kid calls him, Dr. Weird. Um, and that was, that was Burt Reynolds, man, Burt Reynolds. And so he, Burt Reynolds, uh, in, in the seventies, uh, he came out with a movie called Smokey and the Bandit, which I highly, highly recommend. This was in 1977, also the same year that Star Wars came out. And, uh, and th this was the, like, it was honestly it was Star Wars and Smokey and the Bandit and Grease. This was like, this was it. Like during the summer, I remember there was this one movie theater that was playing Star Wars and Smokey and the Bandit. And that was like the best double feature of all time. It was like there was nothing better than that. Good year for uh, movies. It was a good year for movies. So so if if you don't know who Burt Reynolds is and really understand like, you know, who he was, the movies that you have to see to really understand who he was, Smokey and the Bandit, 1977, Deliverance. Uh, amazing movie. I saw this. I, I remember when I saw it in like 1990, like when I was like, in my twenties. He was in that. I didn't uh, even realize he was. After... I didn't even realize he was in that. It's been so long since I, since I've seen it. Oh yeah, and I got to tell you that has that has the uh, best uh, male uh, uh, scene. I just you know best what I don't want to male it's scene. It's, like, it, it's a <laughs> it's a disturbing. I don't know. It's just it's interesting. It's it, well done. Uh, and is, uh, it's a badass. Movie. Is Christopher Walken in that one too? Or no, what am I thinking? I'm not thinking of Deer Hunter. I think I'm, I'm mixing it up with Deer, Deer Hunter. Hunter. Deliverance yeah, is the a... Deliverance is the one with the with the rednecks. Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one with the rednecks. And and okay. uh, so uh, it's it's a badass movie. You watch that movie and you're like, I see why this guy was the biggest movie star ever. Smokey and the Bandit, not a great movie, but you know what? Uh, a, a lot of fun, and it was a huge box office hit. Uh, the Longest Yard, also a really great movie. Hooper, uh, it's about a remade by uh, remade by Adam Sandler years later, which I'm sure was an inferior version. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm more familiar with uh, Burt Reynolds, the Legend, and I haven't really seen any of his movies per se. I mean, I guess I have, but they were never like top of my list of priority to watch. So, I, but the but the reputation and the legend of Burt Reynolds lives on, and I, uh, so I, I do well, recognize that. Yeah, and you're not alone. I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen these movies. And then, of course, he, you know, kind of finished off his career with uh, a great, uh, a great uh, presentation in uh, Boogie Nights. And Boogie Nights is one of my all-time favorite movies. If if you haven't seen Boogie Nights, please watch it. It's so good. Have you seen Boogie Nights? Yeah, no, I've seen Boogie Nights. That's Paul Thomas Anderson. That's uh, one of yeah. my favorite directors. 
yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's Mark Wahlberg. Um, what's his what's his Dirk Diggler? Is that the that's the character, right? Dirk Diggler. He, he plays. Am I, yeah, am plays, I getting that? Uh, Dirk Diggler, the uh, the the porn star extraordinaire, and it 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 definitely that I mean it it's. It's interesting because uh, I was working in the uh, entertainment industry when this movie came out and I was doing market research for a very large company. And I remember watching this movie. I saw the director's cut of it, the, the initial director's cut. And uh, it, it became, uh, they, they cut it down quite a bit. I think I saw the original three hour version of it. And it, it, uh, it blew my mind. And I remember thinking, this is great. And he also watched Goodfellas a lot. Goodfellas is amazing. Goodfellas is amazing. So, so for those of you who have, don't know Goodfellas, get Boogie Nights, get Goodfellas, watch them back to back. Great double feature. Uh, and uh, yeah, here's to here's to you, Burt Reynolds. Here's to you. Do you have any music to to send the tribute out? Uh, I didn't line anything up. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh well sorry bert yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what uh, uh for those of you who are not familiar with these movies please check them out and uh you will definitely uh be geeked out at least a little bit or, or understand like the like what why he was such a uh important uh role model to uh us geeky people so, out so next uh next in in media uh in in geek news to this week uh the predator the the sequel, the long-awaited sequel to The Predator. This one is written by Mr. Shane Black, one of the stars of the original Predator. Uh, and he wrote think, the original Predator, too. He, he wrote the I think original he, one. Yeah, he was a writer on the original, and he, he wrote and directed this one. Uh, it comes out this Friday, so uh, I'm, planning on, I'm planning on seeing it this weekend. And if all goes well, we may have a spoiler-free review next week of The Predator. Early buzz is, is pretty mixed right now. I've heard one review describe it as uh, bordering on self-parody, so that doesn't sound so good to me. But we'll we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna enter it with an open mind. I'm hoping for the best. We'll see. Okay. Well, uh, so next week, stay tuned for our review of The Predator. Uh, all right. So uh, did, did we cover enough geek news? Oh, I think oh, so. there is one thing I just oh. I did, there is one thing I just I just wanted to touch on. Uh, it is relevant. The big one. Uh, Chris Pine has uh, seems to have left the Star Trek franchise. Really? And he will. Uh, yeah, they they couldn't agree on a uh, on a price. My guess, my guess is this is is uh, he he's getting to be a big star. He's in Wonder Woman. He's in Wonder Woman two. He's probably getting offers like crazy, and they probably didn't. I thought he died in Wonder Woman one. They they're bringing him back for Wonder Woman two. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a superhero movie. They can do anything. Superhero movie. They can do whatever they want. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. But he apparently uh, contract negotiations have failed, and so uh, we shall see. I'm sure that they're going to like figure it out. But uh, you know, Star Trek Three didn't make enough money to really justify the cost of it. It wasn't like unless it's making a bucket of money, they you know they're like, well, well that's make- why that's why Paramount needs to just. Do it and hire Quentin Tarantino, use his script, make an R-rated Star Trek starring Chris Pine. And just pay it, put the bill. I think the hardcore nerds are going to line up and see it. <laughs> Man, I'd pay for that movie before anything else. Paramount, if you're listening, you know, 
that would that's yes. that's what we need. You well, have gar- you have a guaranteed two tickets sold already. I mean, you're you're well on your way to recouping your investment. Just come on, just do it. Make the move. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, let's get to to marketing news because we got some interesting things to cover. Uh, this story out of Salon. I texted you this earlier in the week. Uh, interesting new study: forty four percent of younger users have deleted Facebook from their phone. What? Study. 44% of younger users have deleted Facebook from their phone. But what's interesting is most young people are using Instagram. It's weird because I still have it on my phone and I'm a younger user, right? Right? Not anymore, buddy. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Dang, when did that happen? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you have kids. It happens. <laughs> Crap. So, uh, yeah, well, join the club. So, uh, so this is kind of interesting because, uh, you know, Facebook is transitioning. I mean, on the one hand, Facebook is now kind of your grandparents' uh, platform. Uh, and on the other hand, they own all these properties like WhatsApp and Instagram. But trying to capitalize on the marketing around those products are a little bit tougher. And so what, what a lot of companies are going to have to start doing, and some of the smarter, more savvy companies are doing this, is they're leveraging these platforms for their, uh, to, to gain those types of users. So rather than just advertising to younger users, uh, they create Instagram accounts that younger users will follow. So you know, I, I I use my son as an example who has never sat through a commercial. And if he ever watches YouTube, he knows, like he's three, right? He knows to 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 hit the, the skip button on any commercial. He doesn't watch commercials. Even in in-game app advertising, if an, if an advertising pops up, he knows that's an ad and he knows to click out of it. So he's got that wired, right? And he's three. So Now, I, I do think that YouTube and companies like Twitch and these, these companies that are doing kind of live streaming and video, I, I, I've, I've seen that they're, they're kind of playing with their advertising model right now. And pretty soon they've explored the option of having these unskippable ads. So it'll be interesting to see the reaction of this generation that's been able to skip ads for all this time if they are to change that in the near future. Now, they, they're still going to have an option that if you buy YouTube Red, which is their $15 or $20 a month, whatever they charge for it these days, uh, premium YouTube where you don't have commercials, but I have, I have seen some articles about how they've been playing. They've been testing basically a unskippable ads. So we'll see if that comes down the pipeline here in the next year or so. Yeah. And, and, you know, what, of course they've got all these data analytics around, you know, engagement and, and, you know, how long people are watching and if people start dropping off. So, um, but it's an interesting time, but it does, it does lead to one thing. And this is something that we keep hitting upon which is you, your business has to have a story, right? And it has to have an engaging story. Um, if, you're, if you are a, um, uh, a company that doesn't regularly engage with uh, their clients, you, you're not, you're not going to get the right visibility. I, I, I got to tell you the story because it's very funny. I've, I had a, um, a contract with a company that I'm not going to mention the name of it. But uh, the new CEO was, uh, you know, he, he, he wants to take the company in, in this direction, in a certain direction. And so I was like, that's great. So let's set up some email marketing so we can start sending it to our list. So we can like 
at least get some form of engagement to remind people that we're out there. And he kind of looked at me and he says, why would we do that? And I'm like, because you need to remind people that we're out there. So when they think about this particular product, they think of us, right? Because there's a lot of other people that are doing this. And he just, he, he doesn't, he didn't quite grasp what, what Justin and I like to refer to as the rule of seven. You want to, you want to talk about that a bit? Uh, yeah. So the general rule, well, well, I'll start with that. The general rule of seven is that it takes seven interactions with a brand or a message before it really sinks in and somebody is going to take action on the next step of that marketing funnel. But on top of this, what's also important is the idea of uh, subconscious marketing and getting into people's stream of consciousness and and showing up and so by doing email marketing, you don't necessarily have to set the outcome that you want to sell a product or you want to um, you know, make more money right off the, uh, right in the short run. You could set the outcome that you just want to maintain brand awareness because brand awareness is a big, big thing. And that's what you kind of mentioned there, Andres. It's the idea that you are staying relevant in somebody's mind so that when, uh, when they do, because maybe somebody has, uh, doesn't have a problem right now that you can solve. But when they when they do come up with a situation where they have that problem, then they need to know that you are the solution provider. And if you've done your job correctly and you've continued to market your message to them, um, you'll position yourself to be the person in line for that phone call as soon as they need your uh, as soon as they need you. So that's kind so of here's, the, yeah. And here's here's a perfect example of this. So so you know, for instance. Um, let's say that your company, you know, whoever's listening right now, one of our seven listeners, you have your company, right? But let's say that your company deals with a specific niche, right? Because every company does, that's the niche that they're filling. But uh, what, what we would recommend doing, for instance, is first of all, developing some sort of podcast, like the one that we're doing right here, um, that, that talks about that particular niche, setting up your email marketing so you can send the, uh, the podcast out to your email list, uh, branding it in such a way that you can send it out through like LinkedIn and your other channels and creating media that is then engaging towards your particular niche market. Because, um, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, it, it, the marketing nowadays, since you know everything is trending towards uh, not typical advertising, uh, it, it's really about developing an engaging story that people can continuously follow. It's a, it, we're in the post-reality world. So you have to look at your, uh, at, as your, at your company as really and this is this is something that I think you said uh your company has to be seen as a media company first before anything else yeah yeah all all companies this day and age are media companies and by being and by positioning yourself as a media company you're also positioning positioning yourself as a thought leader so uh I think what what's happening is we have a trend where people are looking to brands uh, that are thought leaders in their in their industry and those are the companies they want to do business with the people that are uh, that are out there creating media, showing their expertise, and uh, and then also um, showing their personalities and just being open and transparent with people. So that's that's what we're moving to. We're moving to a a culture of advertising where everything is going to be more niche down. It's going to be more specific to a, a a certain audience, and it's going to be more personalized and more transparent. Where people are sharing, in, including things like political beliefs and things like that. We're, we're we're slowly, and I, I think we're not quite 100% there. I mean, there are 
I think there's there's definitely this is a trend. It's, it's, a, it's a trend though, but it, more and more companies are sharing their political beliefs, and this was unheard of even ten years ago. It was unheard of that for companies to do that. But people are realizing that with the competition out there, the competition's fierce, and uh, by by taking a stand, you segment yourself from uh, from the other companies, and you and you capture that small you, you capture a smaller a smaller market segment, but you capture but you actually capture it. Whereas if you if you try to market to everybody, you have a watered down message. Uh, no matter how hard you try, if you try to market to everyone, it's always going to be watered down. And it will never have the same effectiveness as if you're speaking to a very specific like customer avatar. Yeah, and and this is something that we, you know, that you look at the current political climate. And I'm just I'm just I'm talking purely objectively here. I'm not taking sides on any of, of one side or another. But uh, when you look at the the strength that President Forty Five has uh, <laughs> has uh, um, he, one of his biggest strengths is that he plays to this base and doesn't, he's, he's unmovable when it comes to that. Whereas you have this, you know, the, the Democrats are, again, they're tending to water down the message so they try to be inclusive to everybody. And what happens is they don't get anybody. So it's, it's really, if you take this approach where you're trying to, and this is like the biggest problem that, that you and I have had with some of our clients when we first approach them, which is, who is your product for? And they say, well, it's for everybody. And as soon as someone says that and they're not they're they're not moving from that, then you know I, I I can't work with you because your product is not for everybody. And if you try to take that approach with it, you're gonna you're not you're gonna lose market share. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, and if we and if we work for, if we if we take you on as a client and we try to market to everyone and do the way you want to do it, and then it totally bombs, uh, we don't want to take responsibility for that. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, we, we want you know it's 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 not going to work, uh, especially with online advertising. I mean, online advertising needs to be niched down; it just needs to be. So uh, yeah, we don't want to take you on as a client. So if you want to advertise to everybody, find somebody else. <laughs> They're out there. Yeah, exactly. Fine. Exactly. And, and you know, it's it's like one of the things that we try and do, and this is this is like what, you know, what, what Jess and I really, and this is what we try to give to, to you, our seven listeners, is, is this idea that uh, there are trends happening in the marketplace. And if you try and do like this old school marketing, like just your basic Facebook marketing, it, you're going to be wasting your money. I mean, it's, it, you've got to be so much more savvy than that. If you have any questions about it, please connect with us on LinkedIn. And uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions. In fact, we, we, we love taking questions from our listeners because uh, we can answer them real time. Uh, and uh, we're going to have some special guests actually in the next few weeks. And we'll, we'll uh, tell you about that in upcoming episodes. I wanted to go a little bit deeper on this idea of uh, marketing to millennials, though. So we, yeah. we touched on it already. We talked about how you know, there's skipping ads and they, it's, a different, it's a whole different culture. Millennials have a whole different culture. They're, they're moving off of Facebook. You said 44% have deleted it off of their, off of their phones. Well, let's, let's take a step back there first. And I I just want to, I want, I want to spend some time on this, but let's first define what a millennial is according to uh, Pew Research Center. Give us some numbers, baby. Here they come. Here come the numbers. You ready for the numbers? I am ready for the numbers. Let's get some, let's get some, here we go. All right. Here's the numbers. Here they come. The Millennial Numbers Report, brought to you by Justin Womack. Millennials are born between the years of 1981 and 1996. That's right. 
So millennials in 2018 are aged 22 to 37. That's a pretty broad margin. I am very proud to say I am an older millennial. I qualify. I'm right at that cutoff. I made it barely, but I made it. Bastard. I'm an old millennial. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and one of the things that I like to talk about is how social media, and, I mean, and I'll, I'll say Facebook's kind of moving away from the millennial crowd, but it's it's their version of television now, right? So social media is the TV of this younger generation. Now, I still grew up with uh, cathode ray TVs and and then it, you know, it developed into HD TV when I was like in high school. But uh, it, th- this generation is growing up with social media as their TV. In fact, uh, a lot of these devices like the Amazon Fire Stick and the Apple TVs and all, all these different devices will let them watch YouTube and um, Facebook video, LinkedIn video from their television sets. So millennials are spending all their time with their smartphones and with social media, not traditional TV. And as of uh, earlier this year, I don't know if this number is probably even higher now, but I think it was at the beginning of this year, Pew Research had said that 61% of millennials um, watch mainly streaming. Hmm. So they don't like their majority of their viewing habits is streaming online, not, uh, not cable TV. Interesting. Yeah. Take, take and 87% of millennials are never without their, their smartphone. Yeah. So 87% never part with a smartphone. So that, that's some interesting statistics. Um, thoughts, Andros? Yeah. Uh, you know, I used to work for Comcast and uh, the most loved company in America. And I love them. Yeah. And, uh, and when, I, when I first got that job there in uh, 2006, this was like, like nobody knew what any of this was because it didn't really exist at the time. Uh, but, uh, by the time I left that job, just a few short years later, in, uh, 2013, uh, people were disconnecting their cable like crazy and, uh, continuous as we continue on to, into the future, less and less people are connecting their cable boxes. And so, uh, the cable companies are in big trouble because people are, they just don't have the. They just don't have the eyeballs, you know, and they, they haven't been able to adapt to this new type of business model. So uh, the question then is, is as this younger generation, as millennials start to uh, get more purchasing powers and they start to end up having their own children like you, uh, then, then how do you engage those particular uh, audiences? And that, that becomes kind of tricky because people don't tolerate advertising anymore. It's just not something that they they do like how how what what engages you justin um that's a good it's a good question i i still get i'm i still get engaged by uh social media advertising like on facebook i will still click on facebook ads from time to time as long as they're speaking directly to a need of mine and to an interest of mine and and facebook obviously has a very strong targeting platform so i'm pretty well targeted on there but when somebody comes at me with a um, some kind of a, a really creative like checklist or a, a template. A lot of times people will come out with these uh, marketing templates or here's some swipe copy that I've used that had this uh, for a campaign that did $1 million in sales. Um, things like that still draw my attention and it'll get me to go to the next stage of their funnel. It doesn't mean that I'm going to end up being a client of theirs and, and more often than not, I'm not. But it, it usually does... Um, it engages me and that's, and I actually don't mind interacting with companies as long as they keep their messaging um, on topic with something I'm interested in. 
So I, I look for things that are interest me and then I will engage with them. Hmm. Now, a lot of times I'll watch YouTube videos and I'll watch YouTube on my television. And if, if an ad catch it, if an ad really does its job and they catch my attention in the first five seconds, I'll find myself watching the whole ad. I will stick around and watch the whole ad if it's good enough. So again, it but comes down to, to, to storytelling. Like you got to have yeah, story, storytelling and quick and, and very, very fast storytelling too. You have five seconds basically to get somebody's attention on a, on a YouTube ad uh, or they're going to skip it. So you have to, you have to tell the most interesting part of the story right in the front. Uh, and you have to leave some open loops and people leaving wondering what's coming next. So yeah, I, I will watch the whole thing though. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's good to know. Um, you know, but then, then the question is, is like, if, if a lot of these younger people, especially like, you know, again, my, my kid who eventually will get older, uh, what, how do you engage those people? So for instance, if they're using uh, WhatsApp to communicate and uh, Instagram to communicate, putting advertisements in the middle of that is going to be off-putting to them. And if, the, if it's too off-putting, they're just going to go to another platform, right? Um, yeah. Interesting though, uh, I just read this in Marketing Land. Facebook looks to monetize WhatsApp with a new business API that adds uh, open chats into the messaging app. So basically, what that means is they are going to pivot how WhatsApp is used so it could be an instant messaging app for businesses. And I think that's brilliant. Well, I think what works um, in terms of reaching millennials with with marketing, I think what works the best right now is old old fashioned celebrity endorsements. And in this day and age, they're no longer called celebrities; they are now called social media influencers. But getting these top level influencers to endorse your product to uh, or to have product placement from them um, on on their streams that's that's some powerful stuff. Uh, I. Th- Validation is still one of the top ways of uh, of really moving a, a brand message forward and getting people to engage with an advertisement. Mm-hmm. So by by leveraging these social media influencers, that's uh, I would say that's would be my top strategy to reach millennials because it's a it's a way that it's it's more subconscious to them. It's less overt, and what happens is they're very turned off by overt advertising, but they're still subject to the same. Um, psychological triggers that we that all humans are subject to. And if you can get their idols, uh, these people that they look up to, to, to use your product and, um, and promote your product, it's going to influence them to want to purchase it. And so, it, it, you know, it, and this is always fun because if you don't know how old you are, if I throw out some names like PewDiePie or Logan Paul or KSI, and you're like, who the hell are they? Then uh, don't, don't feel too bad because uh, I barely know who they are. <laughs> I've, I only know who they are because I've, you know, having to look into like these top level influencers. Right. But, uh, but these are some of the biggest stars. I mean, not not only in the world, but they're like they're on par with some of these top level like celebrities in, from Hollywood in the nineties and eighties. I mean, yeah, like absolutely. their numbers are they put, nothing they put to Bert, scoff at. Right. They put they put Burt Reynolds to shame. Uh, so, you know, and, 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 and one of the things that I think you're referring to is that Logan Paul and KSI had like some boxing match, uh, recently and, and it, you know, drew all these, and, you know, of course the whole thing's a giant they charged, setup, they, but... they created, uh, they created a pay-per-view out of the event. So, okay. Logan Paul, who's the, this is the same guy that uh, maybe you read this story from, I think it was the beginning of this year where he went into the Japan. Break suicide. it down, brother. Break it down. Logan Paul went into the Japan suicide forest and he 
did a video where he found a deceased body. And I think, I don't know if he like posed with it or what he did. I didn't actually see the video. What, what he did was he went into Suicide Forest and he found, there was actually, he found a body there. And it wasn't really so much that he did that. There was two things that he did that were kind of distasteful. Number one, when he came back, he was like kind of laughing about it. I mean, we all handle tragedy and trauma and grief in our own ways, but he was he, just the way he was kind of laughing about it and thought it was a little funny. And there was a little girl and he's like, hey, little girl, don't go in there. There's a dead body in there. Huh? Like just doing the shtick. The second thing that he did was he monetized the video. And I'm sorry, but from just a human standpoint, if I was doing a YouTube video and I found a body, like someone who actually committed suicide, I wouldn't broadcast that. I wouldn't show that. What I would do is I would do a video in my hotel room where I was like, guys, this is what happened. And I'm staring at the wall for a while and just like contemplating my life. And if somebody you know is uh, you know, has this issue, then you need to like get some help. Let's talk about suicide and get real about it. Uh, I, I think that he, he monetized the video knowing that it was going to be a hot button issue. And he really, he didn't. And then when he finally did his apology, it, it almost felt like he was forced to do the apology because he knew he was going to lose viewers. So it just made him look like an idiot. And I, at that point, I well, actually, it was when he did his his vlogging from Burning Man a couple of years ago that I was really like, "F this guy." Okay, I don't even know about that one. Um, yeah, but just to give you some context on like how big these guys are, like, so they're, they're they did a boxing match, which neither of them are boxers. It was just they're just big celebrities, and uh, they did a boxing match. And they turned it into a pay per view event on YouTube. And they they did uh, the numbers from YouTube. YouTube released that they did eight hundred thousand pay per view buys at ten dollars a piece. So that's eight million dollars in um, in in revenue right there in, in from a boxing match between two you know quasi celebrities, whatever you want to call them. And I mean that's that's some serious cash. Yeah, they split. And they, yeah, they split the profits of that, and that's like you know that's that's probably what uh, what Mike Tyson used to end up with at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I mean Floyd Mayweather these days, I think he ended up with like a hundred million dollars from his fight with uh, Conor McGregor last year. So that they the numbers from from the high end boxing has gone they've gone way up, but they also charge a hundred dollars for the fight, not ten dollars for the fight. So the numbers, so those right. those numbers are way up too. Um, but the fact that they're able to even it shows a couple things that actually show that, you know, a, a good chunk of their audience uh, and that might be, you know, it may not be a, a gigantic percentage percentage wise, not huge, but they, they paid $10 to watch that fight. So they, they, that's a way of monetizing the audience right there. So there's yeah. a, yeah. that, that shows you and the so potential. It's, it's again, yeah. But it also shows you that, that like, you know, they, 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 they marketed in a specific way, but it also kind of clues you into like how companies need to, do that same sort of thing with their businesses where they can't focus in on just putting advertising in front of these people's faces, these young people's faces. You, you've got to like tell a compelling story. And, uh, and interestingly, uh, we were talking about this earlier, uh, the, the disc tracks from Eminem, you want to, you want to talk yeah. about this? Cause we, yeah, this, this is, this is, this is interesting. Hysterical. Um, so yeah, Eminem released a new a new album, like a surprise album. I don't, I didn't, I had no idea he was doing it, and it just dropped. I think it was last week. They just dropped a new album called Kamikaze, 
and and I guess he's got a beef with this YouTuber, and he's a, a YouTube white rapper, um, Machine Gun Kelly. I guess he's got a beef with him. So I think Eminem. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know the whole story. But at some point during the the new album, I think Eminem rips him, and so Machine Gun Kelly went out and he created a, a diss track, which is like this huge. This is like this big thing happening now on on YouTube where. Uh, where artists are creating diss tracks, meaning that they're dissing the, somebody uh, through a through a song. So it's kind of like uh, in like the movie Eight Mile that Eminem did uh, years back, where they're doing like rap battles. It's like that. So they're they're kind of like ripping each other through rap music. And Machine Gun Kelly's diss track did it, it has forty million views right now. So he he did a oh, diss track on Eminem. It's got forty million views. Um, and and now and now Eminem is expected to reply apparently. So in the next in the next week we may be getting a reply from Eminem, and they might be going back and forth with these diss tracks. But that's a great way. Um, do, you know what, do you do you know what this music means? It means it's time conspiracy theory of the week. <laughs> All right, what do you think last week's conspiracy theory. Well, I think that Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly probably sat down together and was like, Hey guys, how can we get a shitloads of views and <laughs> sell a cahoots. bunch of like, how can we make some money together? It's like, I tell you what, I'm going to do this diss track. You do this diss track. And, uh, yeah. And then we'll come out and then maybe we'll do, it's, you know, if, if they did, it'd be super smart of them because it's mutually beneficial because Eminem needs a, a lot of the younger audience are, are not attracted uh, to his style. So it'd be really helpful for him to get in with them. And then it's also Absolutely. helpful for, uh, this other young kid because it's borrowing like Eminem's gigantic audience and putting some yeah. of them onto him. So. I mean, I mean, it makes, that's it makes the case, sense. He's smart. Yeah. Right. So you script yeah. out, you script out kind of this battle on and make it like, you know, and again, but this goes back to what we were saying that, that we live in a post reality show world. Right. So now all of a sudden, instead of like two people having a beef with each other on Twitter, you've got these like full productions that are going back and forth. Like, you know, you've got, uh logan paul and and that other guy like you know this is a full production <laughs> right so so all of a sudden the reality show like spills into social media and these people are battling it out kind of for all of us to see and we get to take sides and listen to it and go back and forth but i i would i would almost say that these guys are doing they don't not only do they not hate each other they are scripting it out and laughing all the way to the yeah. freaking bank with it they are, they are so, both. I, I agree with you. I think Logan Paul and KSI are both laughing about it. I think yeah, Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly are probably laughing about it. Uh, I agree with you on that. Yes, uh, I'm I'm on board with this conspiracy theory. So I, I you know what we it. need to do? Let's let's find like the biggest <laughs> podcast out there and like go, like start going to war with it. Do a diss track? Well, yeah, let's. I oh, love it. Let's yeah, do, okay, a we'll do a diss track. track. On the, the on the Joe podcast? Rogan show. <laughs> let's, let's do a diss track on Joe Rogan and then like take that guy down. And you know what? Our seven our seven listeners will listen to it and they'll be like mildly entertaining guys. And that's about it. That's all that'll happen. <laughs> and Joe Rogan will just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> let's hope he does that. If he does that, then that's great. I think you know, we might be on to something here, buddy. Um, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, oh, yeah, y'all. Oh, you know what that means. Wow. It is time. Sick robots for the report. Robot report. That's right. Each week, we find the it latest news. It is a good one. 
Bada bada. Bring on the horn. Oh yeah, Bring sex on the robot. Oh yeah, talk to me, sex robot. You know what that means. What do you got for him, Sandros? What do you got for him? All us? right. What do I got? Well, this is from the Daily Star UK. I see. Now it's true. Yep. Of course. Of course. Everything on the internet is true. Chinese sex robot firm making cyborgs with, quote, movable limbs and sells 50% of the dolls to America. So a world-leading Chinese sex doll manufacturer has entered the race to build the first ever artificially intelligent android with full body movement. And it's called WM Doll, based in China's uh, southeastern Gaodong province. Please, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Developed AI-powered sex dolls that can move and talk without human control. Costing between $1,300 and $5,796, or $10,000. U.S. dollars? Uh, actually, I'm sorry, that's pounds. So that's 10000 to 50,000 yuan. I don't know what the exchange rate is, man. I deal with Bitcoin. Yeah, I, uh, I have no the, idea. <laughs> the, the, the AI dolls launched in 2016 can be customized for height, skin tone, breast size, color, and hairstyle. That's and, fantastic. Yeah. WM now, let me ask you this. Because yeah. they're manufactured in China, do we have to worry about lead paint? Because I remember uh, those baby toys for a while. Remember they had the lead paint and there was this whole thing where they were like poisoning our children. Are they going to poison yeah. us through lead paint sex dolls? It depends on where you're licking it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, WM Doll is aiming to dominate the market in the United States, a lucrative market where 50% of its exports are sold. That's kind of funny. Now, the question is this. Is Trump's tariff war going to affect sex dolls coming from China? I don't know. (laughs) Next and week, we're going to see an announcement. We're, we are launching new tariffs on China for the exporting of sex dolls to America. Yeah, well, I, and, and, and the, 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 I, I don't know the answer to any of these questions, but I, I just want to know why is 50% of the dolls going to America? Uh, I mean, does that, does that say something about like – I don't know what that says. Uh, I, what does it say? Does it say anything? So where are the other 50% going? Hmm. That will be determined in future episodes of... And now, another conspiracy theory. <laughs> no, well, if it leads to that, but this is the end of this week's Sex Robot Report. Yeah, got any got any leads for us? Um, if you if you have any sex robot news, if you're hey, if you're part of a sex robot company, in fact, you know what? I want to get a sex robot company on the show. Let's do that, man. Whistleblowers are welcome. So Whistleblowers that. are welcome. All right. So uh, moving right along, uh, I uh, I just wanted to touch base on a couple of other interesting other topics that uh, uh, are kind of interesting. One of them is uh, our favorite uh, platform, of course, is LinkedIn, which we love. Um, and LinkedIn is uh, bringing dynamic ads campaign manager. Uh, they're 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 redefining their dynamic ads into their campaign manager platform. So um, it, it's kind of interesting with LinkedIn ads because I don't really engage in any LinkedIn advertising. Do you? Yeah, I haven't really uh, I haven't really messed with too much of it. I've I played with it a little bit. the The cost per click on LinkedIn advertising is uh, significantly higher than even Google right now. So it, it depends on on the market. Mm. So I, I have played with it a bit, and certain certain companies, if you are if you I mean if you're truly targeting B two B, and um, there are some 
businesses that are just not going to spend as much time on other networks and they're and LinkedIn is probably the best place to reach them. Uh, but you're going to pay more for it. So you, you have to have a high profit margin to kind of make it worth your while too. So it really depends on the structure of the campaign. There's a lot of, uh, a lot that goes into it, but I wouldn't, if you have a low ticket offer, um, I probably wouldn't start on LinkedIn. That's probably not my first choice of advertising yeah. platform, especially if you, if you have a low ticket. Yeah, offer. it's going to be, yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see like where they take that particular, cause I don't, I don't know a lot of people who are advertising on that platform and I, I really don't engage in any of them. So they, that's one area where they, I think that they need to like figure that out, but there is another area, which I find very interesting. So Adobe uh, just came out with a survey and they said 47% of smart speaker owners are using the device in the shopping process. So uh, this is really interesting because, you know, going back to what we were saying about organic marketing and how people are uh, engaging with different things, people are engaging with their smart speakers now and doing some of their shopping uh, through that. So let me let me uh, go over some. I can picture statistics. that it's like probably mostly stoners and like drunk people that are like yelling at their Alexa, like, Alexa, give me a pizza. <laughs> And then they get a sex doll from China. Maybe that's what's going on, man. Alexa, what is a nearby pizza place? Do you hear that? I have I have one in the room and I triggered it. I triggered it. Did, did that really just happen? Did that really yeah. just happen? You can't just oh say my that God. name. I gotta that be careful. Funny. When I say that name, I gotta I gotta be a little cautious. <laughs> you know what? I should have just named my kid Alexa. That would have been funny. <laughs> If only you had the foresight to <laughs> then, know that twenty years later, or no, whatever. No, looking back, I know I would have I would have had a girl and gone back and named her Alexa. Um, so anyway, here's here's some uh, here's some uh, basically statistics on what people are doing. Seventy uh, percent listen to music. Sixty four percent do weather forecasts. Fifty three percent ask uh, fun questions like, "Hey Alexa, where can I get a sex robot?" <laughs> Uh, 47% do online research, uh, 46% check the news, 46% do alarms and reminders, uh, 35% do basic research and 34% do, uh, basic, just asking directions. Uh, but there's some other, uh, emerging smart speaker activities. Ooh. Like people are 36% are, uh, making calls. Uh, smart home commands, which is 31%. So, you know, people are creating smart home systems in their house. <laughs> True laziness. Uh, Turn off the TV. <laughs> I know, right? Turn on the lights. Whatever. Uh, but the, here's, here's where, where, where the, the most interesting part is right here. Uh, 30%, 30% of all smart home shop, uh, owners, smart speaker owners, are shopping and ordering items online. So that is a huge market. And 17% are doing food delivery takeout. So, um, you know, that is definitely going to become a bigger, uh, you know. Those are the stoners and the drunks that I was talking about. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, and 16% are doing uh, flight and hotel research. But anyway, so so this, this is really fascinating because, uh, you know, and I just really want to kind of uh, – this kind of sums up everything that we've been talking about, which is that it comes back to this rule of seven, that if you are not on the top of someone's mind, when they say, Hey, I want to order a pizza. What kind of pizza do you want? You've got to be that first name, right? Hey, I want to order a widget. What widget do you want? 
that's the name that needs to pop up first. So going back to the client that I had where I told him we have to be putting out, creating content and putting out emails on a regular basis. And the CEO looked at me and he was like, why? It's like, cause that's why, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> and, and so, so if, if you as a business owner are not staying on top of this particular type of marketing, if you are not creating content and engaging in your customers and telling a compelling story, uh, you know, on a regular basis, on an ongoing basis, then, then when someone does their drunk Alexa shout out in the middle of the night, <laughs> they're not going to think of you, right? I have, I have two quick points to make your yeah. Number one, marketing geeks is available for listens by voice command on your smart speaker. So if you want to listen to our podcast and you have a Google home or you have an Amazon Alexa, all you have to do is ask and it will play our podcast. For you. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Play with it. I, I've tested it. It works. It works. You know what? I play with and, it and all second... the time, but I don't have a smart speaker. <laughs> what am I missing? TMI. TMI. So, uh, second, the second key point here is that pretty soon you're going to be like asking for the weather report and it's going to be like, here's the weather. It's sunny outside. This weather report was brought to you by Marketing Geeks. So pretty soon, I think they're going to have branded, you know, weather reports, and then your your pizza delivery was brought to you by Marketing Geeks. Can we get so into we'll, pizza we'll be delivery? All I want to do that. We should. Oh, we should. God. We should. Uh, we should brand it. Those are the people that are going to listen to our show. Uh, yeah, the people I think so. that are eating we need, pizza. We need more than seven listeners. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, quick things in the next couple of weeks. First of all, uh, we appreciate whenever anybody reaches out to us on LinkedIn. Uh, honestly. Uh, ask us questions. This is an interactive show. We're going to have some uh, guests coming up in the next few weeks. We are also, it's, it's, uh, this is, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, this is the first anyone has heard about it, including you. Uh, we are going to do another uh, webinar and we're going to teach something special to our listeners. And that is going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Right. Justin? Yeah, I think uh, probably about two weeks. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm thinking two weeks and we will announce the topic uh, next week. So stay tuned. Next week, we will announce the topic of the webinar. Yeah, th there we go. And so we are going to do that. But um, I think this is a good point where we will conclude this episode of Marketing Geeks. I hope you learned something. I hope we taught you all this important information and I want you to take it with you and learn this stuff for good. Yes. Well, or for evil. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and listen, we really, your feedback, give us your feedback. Give us, tell us what you like. Tell us what you hate. Tell us what will make you listen longer. Tell us what will give us eight listeners instead of seven <laughs> i don't how do we get to eight <laughs> every time we get we get another one then one falls off that's just you know it's time to break through that threshold <laughs> all right everybody thank you so much for listening to us uh keep moving we, we love, love you. you keep on don't stop you can do it get your business activated if you have any questions, then uh, leave yourself. Let us help you. Ask us anything. Anyway, thank you, everybody. And until next time. I am Marketer. I'm Resurgent from the Netherlands. Stay.